Welcome to the One More Thing podcast. A little bit of housekeeping news. My gym, Free Fitness, is hosting a golf event, partnering with CCT. And basically, for on March 4th, we're going to be doing a golf-inspired workout at the gym with our one of our coaches, Mike. And we're going to take everybody who signed up to the event over to the virtual center with CCT to do a lesson with their coaches and then get some swinging in. $70, pretty good price. Get a workout and you get about an hour and a half of swinging with a couple of CCT coaches going around, giving some tips, cues, analyzing your swing. So it's going to be a good time. Uh, There's only 20 spots. This is our first event. We're thinking we're going to do more, but don't wait. Don't assume we're going to do more. Sign up. Uh, If you go over to Free Fitness, Instagram is probably where you can get the link, Um, Free Fitness Inc., and get the link for the Eventbrite to sign up. I know there's some spots still available, but it is getting filled up pretty quick. Okay, on to this episode. So, I actually wanted to do a review of probably the probably the most popular show on TV. Well, one of the most popular shows on TV right now. And it could be a little biased because the show was actually filmed here in Alberta. My home city, Edmonton, and Calgary, I believe. And then maybe there were some on the outskirts of Alberta, too. I'm not sure. But The Last of Us, HBO series. This show, and if I spoil anything, just I'm going to try not to do... Well, I'll probably spoil a little bit. Um, so if you haven't watched it, you don't... If anybody's listening anyway who hasn't watched it, then uh, maybe don't continue. But this show is the greatest show I've watched in a little while. So far. We're four episodes in. And every single episode has been great. Um, A lot of times, this reminds me of when Game of Thrones was starting out, early Game of Thrones, when it didn't feel like they had filler shows, just every episode, probably that, that range of like halfway through first season of Game of Thrones to like season five, where just every episode felt like something. You weren't filling it with, shitty episodes that's what this show is feeling like right now even episodes that i don't understand if it is related to the show or it felt like a filler show and maybe you know i did play the game but i don't remember any of this stuff it's still great and some people are call is calling episode two the greatest episode in tv history Now, I got to tell you, it's a great episode. I don't know if it's the greatest episode in TV history, but it's fantastic. It's a great episode. Now, here's a little bit of spoiler. I do want to talk about this episode a little bit. It was like a love story which I'm not really into. I like some, you know, romantic comedies and stuff. You know, She's All That is one of my favorite movies, but not super into romantic episodes. But this one just had something to it. It was just, I couldn't stop watching it. And it was a gay couple. Which I'm sure triggered some people. And I gotta be like, at first, I gotta be honest, at first... When I was watching this episode and it was, I could feel the tension of buildup that was happening. So basically, we got the guy with the beard. I can't remember his name in the show, but he was in, I think, Parks and Rec. Ron or something like that. Big beard. Big beard. He's like a anti-establishment kind of guy, you know, like he's got a bunch of guns and he's he's built like a bunker house in his basement. Like he's not, he's one of those people we laugh at right now. 
unless some shit like this happens and he's fucking, he's ready to go. So he's by himself after this like whole thing happens. He's got his bunkhouse. He's basically running the city. And this guy comes along. And this guy is the guy, for all you who watch White Lotus, he's the guy, the ass eater from season one. The one that gets, I don't want to, I'm not going to spoil it. The ass eater from season one. The uh, hotel keep guy. I don't, I don't remember his name, but he was, he was kind of this like, he was gay in that show too. And he was kind of like a sleazy gay, you know, one of those sneaky gays. I loved him. He was my favorite character on the show. He's, he liked to eat an ass in that show. Um, anyways, he comes along and I instantly was like, man, this guy looks familiar. And then I realized who it was and instantly I'm like, oh, he's fucking up to something. So he comes along and he asks for some food. And so Ron feeds him. And then he goes over to the piano. He's playing piano. And at this point, I'm like, holy shit, he's going to kill him. He's going to fucking kill him. So um, the visitor plays the piano. Then he asks Ron to play the piano. And Ron starts playing. And he's really good. And for some reason, and maybe it's because I watched him on White Lotus where he's always up to something. I'm like, holy shit, he's going to kill him. Doesn't kill him. Instead, kisses him and I'm like for I wasn't I did not see that coming and so I wasn't ready right so I you know I instantly was like whoa and I, I sit back I wasn't ready for it um there was a lot of beard on beard I wasn't ready for the full and I'm like when I say beard I don't mean like me beard I mean like Beard, beard. And so I was like, okay, this guy's a sneaky motherfucker. So he's playing with this guy's feelings. Because I think this guy kind of like, he knew he was gay, Ron knew he was gay, but, you know, never really let it out until now. I mean, what a time to let it out. I mean, it's only you two in the city. So he kisses him. And I was like, holy shit. What a, what a sneaky motherfucker. And then he tells him to go shower. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to kill him while he's in the shower. Doesn't kill him in the shower. Ron comes out of the shower. This guy's laying in bed, naked. You don't see. You can assume from top down that bottom down is naked, but he's covered up in the covers there. And I'm like, holy shit, he's going to kill him. He's got something under the blanket. I wasn't wrong. He had something under the blanket, but he wasn't going to kill him. Ron gets into the blanket and lays down, and this guy gets on top of him. Now, Ron, like I said, he's got a full beard. And... God, our Lord Jesus Christ, didn't stop there. He filled this guy's chest up with more hair. And so now this guy's kind of putting his hand in his hair. And so at that point, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, they're really going for this. And I'm very like, I'm not anti-woke, but I'm also not woke. And I was like worried. I'm like, oh, man, they're really just going for this. But I was intrigued because I was like, oh, he's going to kill him. Doesn't kill him. They start fucking. Just a hairy, hairy sex. Just they did the sex. And at that point, I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to make him fall in love and then kill him. Never happens. Now I'm going to get out of the sex part. So they, they kind of introduced that this is going to be some... Uh, homoerotica stuff. Basically, Jesus is closing his eyes. He's not watching this. And all episode, you're kind of just watching this timeline of this couple. And it, I'm telling you, it was fucking beautiful. 
What a story they told with these two guys. Now, I won't completely spoil the end, but it basically ran, I think, 10 to 15 years. I can't remember. And it was, they just kind of just, it was just once, it was just, the main characters were barely in the show, or in this episode, sorry. It was just these two, and it was amazing. The storytelling of this couple, I thought was fantastic. And anybody out there, all you crazy anti-woke people who just felt like this episode was just a way of like propagating gay homoerotica sex, you are... You are basically what I hate about super woke people. Super anti-woke people, you're just the same as these super woke people. To, to not watch this episode and feel like what a great story this was. I think I saw Ben Shapiro talk about it and it, it was, might have been the worst review of this episode I've ever seen. He was so uncomfortable with these two gay guys. It kind of made me laugh. It was amazing. Now, okay, I'll get off the whatever. It might have been, I don't know if it was the greatest episode. Now, that might be the super woke people saying this is the greatest episode. I don't know if it was that, but it was a fantastic episode. It was, the storytelling of this couple was amazing. Beautiful. Beautiful. If only I could be half the man either of these guys were. Yeah. I think I would have lived a great life. Or at least, I'd be somebody I'd be proud of. Now, my only critique was the beard on beard. I like at least one of you fucking shave. I can't do the beard on beard. It's not my thing. Now, I'm not personally, I'm not um, gay. Um, I'm probably somewhere on the spectrum. I'm just not at the level of spectrum of the sex. So I was, you know, seeing Brokeback Mountain, I kind of like knew what I was getting into. And both those guys were very clean shaven. Um, so it never like took me back and I kind of knew, but the, just the beard on beard, was like, they, just, they just went for it. Which I loved. I appreciate it. And they went for it. Beautiful story. Okay, let's just get back to the show. The show itself. So anyways, that was an amazing episode. And then just every episode after that was just like amazing after amazing. And I got to tell you, so Pedro Pascal, the main character, I am, how do I say this? He is turning into like must watch TV for me. Everything he does is a banger. Now, I think he was in Wonder Woman 2, which was not a banger. But other than that, like everything he's doing is great. And there's something about him that I just adore. I don't know what it is, but I adore it. From Game of Thrones, he, was, he wasn't even in the show long, but he's so memorable. And then Narcos, which was, is a must-watch series with him about Pablo Escobar. Must-watch. And then his Mando is, like, that is the best Star Wars that's, I think, ever been made. Now, that might be controversial. And I like Star Wars, but I watched Star Wars as a kid, and Mandalorian got me back into caring about this, like, universe. It is amazing. And now the last of us. So, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys in. List. Very few people know this list, but I'm going to tell you a list I have. I have a list of men I would let sinfully sodomize me. I think that's the nicest way I can put it. It's a very small list. And it's very hard to get on. So there's two people on this list. Robbie Williams. Not Robin Williams. Not the comedian. Robbie Williams. The British 
uh, pop singer. I have been a fan of Robbie uh, as long as I can remember. I got a tattoo of lyrics from his song on my wrist. One of my favorite artists of all time. He's a legend. There's something about him I love. Not only his music, but um, his persona that's, that he very uh, greatly, I don't know if this sentence is making any sense, but greatly puts himself into. Um, and he's like a storyteller with his music, and I love it. So I'm getting kind of, kind of lost. I don't know if you've ever, if you ever wandered, um, kind of walk through, and you're trying to get something said, and then you're lost, like into a sentence, and you're lost, and you're like, um, and you don't know how to get the fuck out. That just, that just happened to me there's just now. Number two, Robert Downey Jr., another guy who. Even pre-sobered up Robbie or Robin Robert, I just loved his movies. And anytime he was putting something out, I loved it. I, and it, it's funny because I wasn't a huge fan of the whole Iron Man thing. Um, I'm not really into Marvel movies, but that was like big time for him. But everything else he was doing, independent from that, I was just like, there's something, and there, there's something I adore about him. So I got, these are my two man crushes where, and I, I guess there are a couple of Robs, but they're, they're my man crushes that if I describe, if you don't want to say you'd let men do terrible things to you, think of the men that if you're walking through chapters right now, and you're a man, if you're walking through chapters right now and you see this person on a magazine, who would that be that would make you go pick up that magazine? To just to not even buy it, just to kind of open it up and be like, oh, what are they saying about this person? These guys, they're on it. I'm like, I'm interested. There's a couple people that got close being on the list. Michael Fassenbender was one. Um, I got there's something about him I really like, but he kind of fell off for me. He never really made it. Uh, Michael Jordan is a legend of mine who just never, I just think he'd be too mean. You know, the other, the, the two Robs, I feel like, you know, in the moment, I don't really give a shit what they do, but I feel like they would check in on me like a week later. I don't think Michael would do that. So he never made the list for me, but he was close. Now, where the fuck am I going with this? Pedro, Mr. Pascal, I think is getting in that list. Actually, I'm going to announce on this show right now, this episode, he has made the list. This is a three-man list now. The list of Thai Wood Lao sodomization on his self? I don't know. These are the three men I would allow to have sex with me. Pedro's on the list now. I, I don't know what it is about him. I fucking love this guy. Every time I see him do something, he's fantastic. I, again, the Wonder Woman thing, I, that, that movie was terrible. The second one, the, the first one was pretty good. The second one was awful, and he was in that one. I don't know how that happened, but everything else he's doing is so amazing. So every time I see this guy in something, I'm watching it. I'm watching it, and there's something about his demeanor I, I'm crushing on. I'm just crushing on this guy. Now, he's got to do something with the weird straggly beard thing that he has. I'm not a big fan of that. Like, fucking either have one or don't. This weird in-between thing you're doing is, you know, kind of a psychopath. Only psychopaths do the in-between thing, so you got to do something with that. But other than that, I love this guy. And this show has really just shown me that he is he, he's one of those guys that I feel like when I watch him in a show, I feel like I'm watching Pedro, not Joel. I think his name is Joel on the show. I don't feel like I'm watching Joel from the game. 
I feel like I'm watching Pedro. This is like what Pedro would be like in this scenario. And when I'm watching Mandalorian, I don't feel like I'm watching whoever he's supposed to be Mando. I feel like I'm watching Pedro. Which is which you could say is not a great thing, but to me, I love this Ghost guy so much. I love seeing him. And I feel like he's just that's just who he is in whatever scenario you're putting him in. And I love it. So anyways, yeah, I'm announcing that he's now on my list. Uh, so if you haven't watched the show, I highly recommend it. If, 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 um, if you're somebody who doesn't, I, I don't even know why you wouldn't watch a show. Like I, I know like for people like my parents, they're super religious. They wouldn't watch it just because of the gay thing. But I think they should get over that because it is amazing. And if you're not watching Last of Us right now, you're missing amazing TV. Like I said, it it's it's up there with the best shows I've watched in the last 10 years. You know, like it's Game of Thrones level for me. Now, I don't know where they're going to take this. I don't know if it can reach that Game of Thrones level. Like, I don't know if it has a decade worth of material that this show is going to be, which I don't think so. I think there's only been two games, and I think the second game was a flop. I don't actually know. I didn't play it, and I don't know. I'm not really in the game world. I don't know if it's a big deal, but I feel like it was a flop. So I don't know if they're going to continue this, and I don't know if it'll ever get to that level of Game of Thrones. And I'm not talking the last two seasons of Game of Thrones. I'm just talking about those first crazy, amazing shows. But, you know, if they got four seasons out of this, at this level, this is like, to me, this is Breaking Bad level TV. I love it. And I, I, I mean, that's all I got to say about the show. The storytelling's great. The characters are great. I like all the characters. The girl in the show, the, the girl, I don't know where she's from. I heard that she's also in Game of Thrones. I don't know who she was in Game of Thrones, but she's playing this character uh, amazing. She's supposed to, I keep saying amazing. She is so, the character is supposed to be this kind of, she was kind of born, I think, during this whole thing. So she never, she didn't know what life was like prior to this apocalypse happening. And so she's got kind of this chip on her shoulder, this attitude, you know, and Joel's supposed to kind of see his daughter in her and that's what the relationship is. And they're doing a great job and they're doing it slow, but building this relationship between them, it like, I literally have a grin on my face when I see them have cute moments. They're doing such a great job of building a relationship, these two, the, this girl and Pedro. So I don't know her name. You're not on the list, but you're also great. So that's my review of The Last of Us. Um, I thought maybe since we're early on in this podcast, I'd probably do a little bit of talking about myself. And um, I'm going to talk about a little bit of my journey into pursuing like the style of training that I do very like range training and mixing it with and how I started, why I started kind of mixing it with typical strength training and, and, and my whole philosophy and how I, how I want people with me to train and how I want them to learn how I'm training. Cause uh, I think a lot of people have this idea that I'm like, Hey, I want to like get longer hit or get better hamstring flexibility. So like I'll get somebody to come to me cause they want to, you know, stretch and they have this idea that what I'm doing is I'm just stretching you. And no, 
I just have a style of training that you're going to get hamstring, flexible hamstrings, but we are still doing all the other things you would be doing. You shouldn't replace current strength training with training you think I'm going to do with you. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But basically, you know, me getting into this, I, so I've been in the industry for uh, like a decade now and I wasn't always going to be in this industry. I want to brag, but I am, I always consider myself like athletic, always played sports. I have a keen interest in athleticism and I was always, because I, I had a a high level of athleticism, I was able to cheat my way through a lot of different sports. I can kind of pick up a sport and I'm not saying I'd be great at it, but I could pick something up and be decent enough at it to get good at it. Um, until I blew my knee playing basketball. And at that time, this was, this was a while ago now, at that time, probably, I don't know, prior to me wanting to do any of this, I was looking to get into the fire department. That's kind of where I thought I was going to go. I kind of was going back and forth about what I wanted to do. I was, you know, I went to, I went to school to get my emergency medical response. So I went back to school for that. Um, I was considering nursing. Um, and then, you know, when I was getting my EMR and I was going to go for my EMT and, you know, do the kind of response, medical response, you know, paramedic kind of stuff. Um, I kind of fell into maybe going into the fire department. And so I was actually working towards that. I did the tests. Um, I would do ride alongs. Um, I think I did two years of application. I did, I wrote a test. I did a physical and the second year that I did attempt to get in, I blew my knee playing basketball and that kind of stunted, uh, everything for me in that moment. And uh, getting into rehabbing myself um, and why that happened to me is kind of what started the journey of me wanting to train. And so I got really into training and learning about the body. And that's why I decided to get into this career. So I didn't try again for the fire department. I would have made it for anybody wondering. For sure I would have made it. But I took this road instead. And in doing that, I did a lot of things. I, you know, I went and got certified. So I went back to school for that. And I did a lot of courses. And I, you know, I, I delve into a lot of different systems. And I did the typical thing when you're new. Um, you kind of just take on the personality of the system that you recently took. So I did courses with Kelly Storett, the supple leopard guy. Long time ago I did his stuff. Um a bunch of other courses. And I was kind of just taking on the personality of those guys. And it wasn't so I wasn't getting a good grasp of the body itself. I was just learning how they viewed the body and what they did with the body. So, you know, I was I was training people like I was Kelly Sturett, not understanding, you know, I could, I could look at somebody and remember how he would assess something and then I would know what to apply to them. You know, when I did FRC, I did that and then I did that system like a long time ago and I was just kind of you know, that's a typical thing. That's what people do. They do the new thing. And then all of a sudden that's who they are. And one thing I've learned later in my career is not, not everybody gets everything right all the time. The body is so weirdly complicated. So one of the best things I ever did was I just, I took a course on anatomy and it was really important for me to not just learn exercises that are going to do certain things, but 
how does the body move to do certain things? So a lot of exercises that I do now, I just kind of make up in a moment because like I know how the body's supposed to function and work and what it's doing. And so I know how to modify basically anything to get the pattern that I want the joint or muscle to do. And that kind of got me into thinking a lot about uh, what happened to me and my knee and why it blew. Because it, it, it wasn't like I got hit by a truck. Sometimes like, sometimes there's an external force that's going to put your body in a capacity you can't handle and you're never going to be ready for. If I got hit by a semi, I'm never going to be able to train something that's going to prepare me to get hit by a semi. But what happened to me, it was just landing. And so I put my joint into a range or capacity that it couldn't handle. And it, you know, and it, and instead of just trying to learn a system that, you know, could work for certain scenarios by accident, it couldn't work for everything. Because what's actually happening is there's a whole, like, we're just kind of floating compression, you know? I, I, I don't like this idea of people thinking that we're super robotic. And so you've got to train like you're a robot. You know, you've got to do this with the elbow. You got to do this with the knee. No, the body, like you could put, I could put my elbow in all sorts of different ranges to train it. You know, and there's efficient ways of doing things and not efficient ways of doing things. But I had to get out of this idea of thinking right and wrong and just thinking of like what it is that I'm trying to accomplish when I put myself or somebody else into that range. And so I had to stop thinking of myself as like thinking of the body as say, like a lot of people, I've heard this analogy before. They're like, you know, when you're, when you're training, you think of like a house, you got to put the foundation down and you, and do this and you got to build up towards that. And I've really gotten away from that kind of thinking because we're not like that at all. We, a lot of objects that we think we're comparing to isn't a good comparison because it the way we generate force or the way we take in force is we kind of expand and our weak spots are going to break as everything else around us like say a house here's a good example so a lot of people will say i've i've heard this analogy of like okay so think of a house if you have strong foundation when you load it that that's what keeps it strong and good is that foundation. And the difference between us and a house is that if I were to load the top of the house with a bunch of weight, the first thing to break in that house is going to be where I'm putting the weight. It has nothing to do with the foundation of the house. The roof is eventually going to break because it's going to just break where the weight is. Where that's not the case for us. What we do when we take on weight is we put it throughout our body. We put that, that energy throughout our body. And the first thing to break, if I start loading a bar on my back, the first thing to break isn't necessarily where the weight is. The first thing to break is going to be my weakest spot. That's why we're different. And so when I think about things like that, and I think about the body like that, It gives me a different view of how it is that I want to train. I've got to train my system and put my body in different positions to not only train, say, the joint or range that I'm working on, but the whole system when I get into that range. So now I'm, I'm kind of I'm all over the place with that while I'm explaining it. It makes more sense in my head, but... Now my style of training has really turned into, I view working out as more of a practice. And I try to promote people thinking it as a practice rather than uh, a means to an end of a workout. 
So everything, every single skill that you're doing in the gym is a skill. And if you're training, if you were to go in any other um, sport, say, for example, you would just consistently need to practice. If I want to get better at squatting, I've got to squat. It's not about I got to do split squats in this certain way fucking for a year before I can put a barbell on my back and all that stuff. And from last episode, I kind of talked a little bit about squatting in particular and the practice of squatting and what it is and the balance of it. It's just a skill that you have to learn. A lot of people are a lot better at these skills than they think they are. And it's because the industry had a weird turn where it tried to get super... Um, I'm going to use a word like scientific, even though like, I'm not saying that science doesn't matter, but it just got so like, uh, there's a single way to do things. Like I said, like you're a robot, there's this way of doing things and you just got to do that. You just got to look the same all the time. And that, that's not how the body is. The body is going to be different every single time. And so what you have to do when you're training is if, if you're just training for longevity and you're just, you know, there's not a specific sport you're doing, you're just kind of training, which that's what most people are doing, is you're preparing your body to be strong in all sorts of different positions and, and, and different variables that you might put your body through uh, in life. So for example, you know, for me, for basketball, like playing basketball, the reason my knee blew is not because I need to get better at landing, which is a component of it, because I'm weak at landing. It's just I put my joint into a place that it didn't know what to do, and so it broke. You know, I introduce a capacity it couldn't handle. And so if you're always thinking there's one way of doing something and there's one pattern of things, how things should look, that's how you get hurt. Because the body isn't like that. Another case in point, the back, the spine. This is like one of, I used to, when I was like young in my career, I used to be like, yo, you got to have an extended spine. The reason you have back pain is you're, you're, you're not training the extension hard enough. You, 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 the best way to generate force and, and to hold everything is a straight back. And that's, that's a lot of how the industry was for a really long time. Everything you did is like was a straight back. Even core training turned into that. Where the, apparently the optimal way to train core is to be straight. And then load that straight position. And as I learned as I got older and, you know, found the, and really delve into like how I, how I view the body and how it moves is the more the obvious like presented itself. The, the spine didn't evolve as a stick. If, if we were meant to be a stick, it would have evolved as a stick, but it evolved more like a chain which means it's supposed to round. It's supposed to move around. And so to just to think about extending, 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 for some reason that was the one that like everybody's like, don't round your back. And then it's funny because I, uh, a while ago I trained a, um, a power lifter who came to me because they had a lot of back pain and they wanted to like train their back pain. And, you know, Everything they did in the gym was to have a really extended back because in their deadlift, their back was super extended and they were deadlifting 500 pounds. And then they would hurt their back when they would go tie their shoe because they rounded their back because their body had no idea what the fuck to do as soon as that spine went from extended to flexing. 
And so my style of training isn't just thinking of it as like, hey, um, I want to stretch. I do do stretching, but it's very like all real good stretching is, is just doing isometric strength training. You're still strength training when you're doing real stretching. And so it's just a mix of like putting your body in different ranges. We're still going to squat. We're still going to barbell squat. We're going to still do all typical training that you would think you're doing when you put a workout together. But I'm also training other aspects of ranges that typically are seen as stretching patterns. And then so I've kind of, to to help with people get that idea, I use skills as a way to get people to get that idea. So as a beginner, when I start taking somebody on, I might use a skill like the first one I usually teach is the, the body split, the pike fold. Because if there's a skill they're working towards, it's better measurability for them to see how well they're progressing. And it's easy for them to learn it, what it is I'm looking for to get into that skill, right? I need to start off with some global flexion in the back. We need hamstring length. I need like pelvis being able to rock. You need to be able to control those positions. And core compression. And then extending the spine at bottom. Like there's all sorts of things that you learn. And then once you learn those different patterns and how the body, how you adjust the body in those different positions, all your other train, all you translated all those other training systems because nothing changes. How you lengthen your hamstring in a body split is the same way you lengthen your hamstring doing an RDL. We just put the body in different positions to train a different position. So now your back's a little more extended upright rather than being folded over and extended at the bottom position. But the concepts are still the same. You've learned how it is that you take a hamstring and pull on it. Same thing with squatting. Squatting is just a multi-variable way of your hips doing all sorts of different things. There's, there's controlling your midline. There's, there's learning how to balance, having weight go forward, how to, how to, how to flex at the, at the ankle, how to balance your hip and your heel, how to flex in your, uh, your hip, how to add extension in your upper back if you're barbell squatting or like barbell back squatting. There's, there's skills you learn at the beginning of working with me that is going to translate to just regular strength training. And so what I typically do now is when I take somebody on, I, I allow them to spend more time with me So because I want them to really understand the concepts. And then, you know, when you join the Flex Mob or whatnot and, and you get onto the Flex Mob programs that I, I program for, everybody's on the same one. Um, you are strength training. We're doing squatting stuff. We're doing pushing and pulling and different skills. We're, we're, we're getting the body strong. It's not just I'm some kind of version of doing yoga and then you're going to go do strength training. That's not what flexibility is. Flexibility is just, everything is flexibility work. Doing a squat or a bench press is all flexibility work. You're training a range in those muscles and joints of what it is you're doing. I'm just adding in lost um, ranges that aren't typically seen in the gym anymore because we're so we're so big on contracting everything, shortening muscles. We think that's the best way to build, and we don't think about um, lengthening them out. So I just make sure we add in all that. So right now the Flex Mob's running uh, Potty and Pike level two for six weeks. I think that ends like mid-March. And the point of that is we, we're working on squat strength and you get to pick a variation of either back squat, front squat, or just kettlebell quad squatting, whichever level you're at, as well as we're working on the body split and lengthening that out even depending on whatever, whatever 
um, level you're at. If you're just trying to get hands to ground or if you're already doing Jeff curls at a deficit, we're working on that. And so that's one thing I got to be better at is really um, getting people to understand that it's, I'm not, I'm not the stretch guy. I mean, sure. Like I, I think um, I do do stretching much differently than what people are used to, but that's not just what we're doing. I just use isometrics as a way to train a range. And it's just all kind of mixed into typical strength training. So that's like the flex mob way. And that's, that's really the community I'm trying to build out. And, um, I think that that's been my focus for the last, um, I think I started it last year and I'm really ramping it up this year and I've really got my, you know, the community's growing and I'm really excited about it. And, and, and then all my stuff that I'm doing with free fit, I, re- I really want when people come to me, it's not just, you're not learning to stretch. You're learning, you are learning how to stretch. I'm fucking, I guess I'm going in a circle here. You are learning to stretch, but you're learning to stretch in the realm of strength training. It's just a style of doing everything else, but understanding how to isometric, how to isometrically train as well. So I hope that kind of gets into or gives a little bit of detail of what it is I'm trying to do. Um, you know, when I, re- when I really delve into like learning how to properly train and stretch, um, it really changed the way I viewed training. Um, and, you know, once you learn... Certain there's certain concepts that'll take a little bit of time to learn, um, but once you learn what you're looking for, you know everything else that we do, with all the regular stuff we're doing, it's just it it comes much easier because you know it is what you're looking for and you know how to play around with different positions of your body. Whatever programming I have on there, the the people that are on the program understand hopefully understand what it is that they're looking for and they know how to progress and regress everything because they understand how the body's moving ideally that's what i hope my goal as a coach is spend more time with you to get you to learn how to move so that you could be a little more self-sufficient and, you, you know, I still want to work with you. I still want to bring you into the community. So I have a, a good cheap option for people to get programming and train and, and, you know, work on everything. But I don't want you to just come see me three times a week for an hour for however long it takes to you think I get you where you want to get. I want you to learn the concepts so that you can just still be in my community, but you're a lot more self-sufficient. And you're going to train for the rest of your life and know how to regress and progress in whatever positions you're trying to get better at. And at the same time, we're building muscle. We're getting stronger. Strength is all just like a relative... Um, what am I looking for? It's just, it's just relative. You know, like I, I think... There is a lot of translation. Like if you get strong in doing certain things, it will help translate to other movements, which is true. But what you're getting strong in is what you're doing. So to say somebody's stronger than another person, it's just stronger in what? I don't know how many times I've had an old man come train with me who's like some construction worker who can't move or shit at what we're going to do with the gym. But I can tell he has that strong, that construct, that old man strength that he has because he does movements at his work that he got really strong at. You know, I I can't get him to, you know, take a 20 pound dumbbell and sit down in his calves. He doesn't have that strength yet. But he can go to work, fold over and pick up a fucking 80 pound 
fucking, I don't know, pipe and just carry it across the room. So if you, if you remember that strength is just relative to what it is that you're doing. Then all this is going to make sense for you going forward with everything that you do at the gym. It's just a, it's a practice. It's a skill you're trying to develop. You just got to keep doing it and get stronger at that. You have to get into those ranges that you want. You want to get stronger folding over and picking up things with a round back? You got to train folding over, getting strong at picking things up with a round back. It's not good enough anymore to say, no, you got to pick up something off the ground like your deadlift, like you're hinging at the hip, your back stays straight, and you fold over and you pick something up. Nobody picks up shit like that. And you shouldn't. So, anyways. I, can't, I think I rant, rambled off a little more than what I was even going to talk about. I was going to talk about myself and I didn't really get into that. But I hope that gives a little bit of an idea of what it is or how I think about things. I'm going to get better at storytelling of how I view everything. And I want to get better at that. So that's something that I'm working on. And I'm, I'm hoping that this podcast helps me do that. So sorry for rambling a little bit. But um, next week, I will be talking a little bit more about myself. Uh, but a little more uh, personal. I have some things I want to talk about. And it's a little more social commentary. About what's happening um, in mental health and how I view mental health, how I view where mental health conversation is going, uh, my own mental health stuff. And yeah, so that's next week. But uh, if you made it this far, thank you for listening. And um, what would help a lot is if you do leave a rating, or you share it, uh, that would be grateful. If you made it this far, if there's anybody who made it this far, that would be grateful. Until next week, I will 